Hey there, I'm Hannah Rosen from NPR's Invisibilia. Hopefully you've had time to listen to our third season out this summer. And as we start to put together our new season, we realize something. Over the course of Invisibilia, we have introduced you to so many people with so many crazy and interesting stories. And then we never tell you what happens to them. So we decided to try something new. We're going to take you back to season two, summer of 2016, and an episode called Flip the Script, and a guy named Bill Miller, who we could not stop thinking about. Our story, which was about dating, it started with another guy named David Wheeler. David had gotten fed up with traditional online dating sites, where you had to put up your best pictures and say only things that made you seem awesome. So David decided to do something different. Create a structure that actually asked people to upload bad pictures and talk about your imperfections and talk about what you would settle for. He called it Settle for Love. We wanted a name like Settle because it just kind of like slaps people in the face and says, hey, wake up. You're not perfect. Your partner's not going to be perfect. But again, you can be perfect for each other. The imperfections are what make us real. They're what make us us. That idea was particularly appealing to Bill Miller, who heard about the site on the radio and immediately signed up and filled out his profile. My pros, I'm on the spectrum. I love to cook. I'm wild for movies. My cons, I'm on the spectrum. I have social anxiety, questionable dress sense, and three testicles. (laughs) Actually, Bill has two testicles and a large cyst that his doctor is watching. But he decided not to hold anything back. Well, I thought uh, I might be honest about my issues and, uh, you know, maybe find someone who, like me, was... that I could get along with. This foray into online dating, about the only real effort Bill has made to find a partner in several decades, it taught Bill that he needed to rewrite the rules of romance for himself even more radically than just trying an unconventional dating site. Are you ready to go? I'm as ready as I will be. (laughs) So did you make a match? I did meet a woman. You did? Yes. What was the connecting factor at first? She was challenging me to a game of Scrabble, and I thought I could win. (laughs) Scrabble was the tool of seduction. (laughs) So on your first date, did you make a Scrabble date? No, we made a dinner date. I think I had chicken and waffles. Were you nervous before it started, or how did it go? Um, I was nervous. It was... uh, Sort of a, kind of a raw occasion, you know? What do you mean? I felt, I guess, very uh, tender. (laughs) Exposed, maybe. How long um, had it been since you'd been on a first date? Ooh. Gee, let me see. 25 years? (laughs) Wow, so of course you were (laughs) nervous. Yeah. But I tried to be uh, honest, and we talked about my autistic spectrum disorder. And she uh, seemed very keen to, not only to understand what I meant, but very keen to try. How did she express that? How did you know that she was keen? She took my hand at one point over the table, 
and uh, I might have been a little, uh, you know, dewy-eyed. It made me feel anxious, but it also made me feel uh, relieved and optimistic even. Mm. I'd had uh, uh, doubts for 25 years whether I could, you know, get back to that kind of relationship or role or place in my adult life. And uh, it seemed that uh, at that moment, maybe all my doubts were kind of uh, unnecessary. Wow. Can I ask, did you have a first kiss or did you hold hands or what was the next phase? Well, we did kiss. It was awkward, you could say. (laughs) Was that your first kiss then in 25 years? First romantic one. How quickly did it progress? Sort of how frequently did you see each other? Schedules permitting, we were spending most of our time together, chatting when we we were apart. One time we even met for dinner with my older sister. And how did that go? That went really well. They were both very chatty. Yeah, I was happy about that. At that time, I was beginning to think this could be a, a real permanent thing. I certainly had high hopes. And so, what happened? What went wrong? Hmm. Well, that's a big one. Best I can say is that she found my lack of staying in contact to be upsetting. She was upset if I if I didn't at least message her once a day, you know? And why do you think you didn't message her at least once a day? I think I just couldn't appreciate enough to to maintain interest. But in your heart, were you interested, but you didn't express it in a way that she could hear it or read it? No, I think I was just actually not uh, completely uh, in love, you know? Um, can can I ask you, Bill, have you ever been in love? Hmm. That's a tough one. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I love things, and I love animals, and I love, you know, subjects. I was hopeful that... Um, other people and her would become something I could love, too. I guess it just didn't materialize. What is the conclusion you're, you're drawing about yourself after this well, almost thing didn't turn into a permanent thing? I'm going to have to sort of regroup and strategize about what kind of relationship I I want to pursue so that I don't fail trying to achieve one that I can't achieve. I see. 
you know, if you're on dating sites and you read a lot of books as you do and you watch a lot of movies, you kind of absorb the sense that there's a way of dating and and, and then you feel like like you're there's something missing in you. And and I'm just wondering if in your case there's an alternate way to have a a true and lasting connection with someone which just doesn't look exactly like like what you read about in books and see in movies. Do you think that's possible? I think that's, you know, the story of my life. Maybe there is sort of an emotional language for the autistic. Maybe autism is like a different culture. That's a beautiful idea, that it's a culture with its own language that would lead you to kind of feel and interpret emotions differently. Is that what you mean? Not just interpret emotions, but uh, have different emotions that are based on the way their brains work. Is there any way you could describe autistic love? Any words that you could use that would be a little different than the standard romantic storybook notion of romance? I don't know if you can describe it with with words. I mean, the things I love, I love my cats. I can't explain why I love my cats, but I, I'll do anything for them. You may not be able to translate it into words, but I know that when I find that thing that that makes me feel love. I'm going to do everything I can to repeat and repeat, you know? <laughs> to just hold on to it, you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I'd certainly do my best to hang on to it. You can hear the full Flip the Script episode where you first met Bill and all of our previous episodes on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. See bonus animations of selected stories and behind-the-scenes photos by following us on Facebook or Twitter, at NPR Invisibilia. Or pitch us stories, please do it, at npr.org slash invisibilia slash story.